0: Welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes, where we discuss the history of the New York Yankees. Again, my name is Brian, and I've been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about seven years old. So the goal of the Historic Pinstripes show is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So today's episode, we are going to be discussing the worst Yankees teams in their history and th- I decided to uh go over this topic um obviously it's a lot more of, of a negative topic surrounding the Yankees but um with a lot of the uh, negativity around the Yankees um especially and, and rightfully so because the Yankees really they had a very unexpectedly uh bad year um I mean they still made it to the wild card um to the wild card game but the team that they had, a lot of people were predicting them and believing. And I, I, you know, I I thought the Yankees could have won the World Series too, um, you know, obviously before the season, but you know they really underperformed. And I think a lot of guys, I think I think um, th- this. I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of um, room to for to to place blame and stuff. You know, I th- I think that Cashman over overall, you know, he he really didn't have, um he really didn't have the roster prepared quite as well and, you know until you know midseason he made those really good moves picking up Joey Gallo the lefty bat and uh Anthony Rizzo as well i think that really helped the yankees once they got two lefties in their order which they did not have in the beginning of the year and also losing Aaron Hicks to injury i think that was a big um a big blow to the team but um also you know Cashman and uh and Boone they at the time they wanted to stick with um Gleber Torres as the shortstop. Um you know, so uh, anyways, there's a lot of room to blame um in this current year of twenty the twenty twenty one Yankees. There's a lot of there's a lot of things you can you can point at. Um so that's why I just kinda wanted to talk a little bit about some of the teams that were like the worst Yankee teams in Yankees history. We obviously know about the nineteen ninety eight Yankees um who in a lot of people's opinions are the greatest Team ever in baseball history. Um, but also there's the 1927 Yankees, who some people might believe that they're the best team in Yankees history. And then you get the 1961 Yankees, um, you know, they won 109 games, of course. Mickey Mano, Roger Maris, the home run chase, Mickey, uh, Mickey getting hurt, and you know, he still had 56 home runs. Roger Maris had 61 home runs, uh, beating out, um, Babe Ruth. And, uh, you know, so so they have the Yankees have had a, t- a ton of really, really, really good seasons. And obviously, especially when George, came, George Steinbrenner came along. And actually, really, if you think about it, when George, Jacob Rupert came along, this was back when uh, he was the guy that basically brought Babe Ruth to the Yankees, um, you know, from the Red Sox. Of course, you know, their owner had something to do with that, too. Um, Harry for Z, Harry Frazee, who sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees. um. But you know that Jacob Rupert had that uh, that competitive style of George Steinbrenner, and he wanted to he he wanted to win. He wanted to get you know he wanted to get New York a winner, and because for a lot of years the Yankees were not very good at all. So let's get into this week's episode: um, the worst teams in New York Yankees history. We we'll start off with the first team, the 1908 New York Highlanders, because of course, like I said before. Um, in previous episodes, from 1903 um, until about, uh, till about pretty much about 1912, 1913, uh, the Yankees were called the New York Highlanders, and then I think it was it started kind of uh, maybe a little more, maybe even around 1909, 1908. Um, but it like I think the official year that they were called the Yankees, where they changed the name was like 1912. And um, because more and more people kept calling them the Yankees rather than the Highlanders. Um, however, they they didn't even play Yankee Stadium yet, of course. Obviously, they were still the Highlanders. I guess they, they didn't even play in the Bronx. I think they played somewhere in uh, Manhattan. Um, and they played in a place called Hilltop Park, which was, I guess it was an all-wood park. I've discussed this in another episode um uh previous episode way back um but anyways so the 1908 New York Highlanders also known as the Yankees were 51 and 103 they're actually one of only two teams in New York Yankees history that um lost 100 or more games and obviously uh, the only other team was 1912 with the New York they were actually the New York Yankees that year they were 50 and 102 Those are the only two teams ever in Yankee history that have lost 100 games or more, knock on wood. Um, So, I mean, and obviously, you know, the Yankees, the way that they're built and the way that the Steinbrenners are. And, you know, obviously Hal Steinbrenner is not as much as aggressive as George, but he does seem to be willing to spend money. Um, However, spending money doesn't always equal winning championships. Um, like even if you think back to like some of the 2000 Yankees where they had guys signing guys like Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, um, you know, guys like that. That I mean, even when they had Alex Rodriguez, the only championship they won was 2009 and a big part of that. I mean, obviously, A-Rod was a big part of that season um, and that postseason, too, because he really stepped up. But, um, you know, was the pitching. CeCe Sabathia coming up. And you know, he was as clutch as anybody. One of the one of, probably one of the most clutch Yankees starters that, that they've had in the postseason. Um, pitching on three games rest. Um the you, you know, so um anyways, moving on, some of the other really bad Yankees teams. Um there was the nineteen thirteen Yankees, they were fifty seven and ninety four, which there's only been a few teams actually, like it's like three or four, actually four teams that the Yankees have had that have um, lost uh, 90 90 or more games. Um, 1913, there were 57-94. They were 38 games back of the first place team. And and actually, a lot of those years, the Red Sox were the team that were winning World Series. At least in 1912, the Red Sox, I believe, won the World Series. Um, So it was was kind of flip-flopped, and it's interesting how... When Babe Ruth, of course, obviously, that's, you know, the curse of the Bambino. Like I said in the other episodes to, you know, the with the whole curse of the Bambino thing, I, I think a lot of that sometimes just shows you how, like, obviously Babe Ruth is different because he was a pitcher and a hitter and he kind of transcended baseball. Just uh, Like he really, I mean, not transcended baseball, but like he really kind of reinvented the game in a lot of ways because he went from making the game... Like exciting with the home run ball which they didn't really have a whole lot of people that hit the ball as far they didn't have anybody that hit the ball as far as Babe Ruth back then and he really put a lot of the seats um, a lot of fans in the seats and um, also obviously he was a great clutch hitter and um, he really he was really one of the main guys that really got the Yankees um, back and um I think actually the Yankees ended up going after a lot of other uh uh former Red Sox at that time too. Actually from 1903 or so until ni- uh, 1920 um the Yankees only had seven teams that had 500 records or more. So only seven teams with a winning record um until 1920 um for the Yankees um and of course uh Right around the time when that's actually nineteen twenty, I believe was the first season Babe Ruth played, and I think that first season the Yankees were they they finished in third place, um, and then the very next season, of course they that that was the first year they ever made it to the World Series, and clinched the pennant. Um, of course, obviously when they clinched the pennant back then, it was only um the two leagues and the the first place team won the pennant. So the three other teams cuz there are four teams that in the Yankee in Yankee history that have lost 90 or more games um one being the 1913 New York Yankees uh the in 1913 as well was the first year the, that the New York Yankees were started wearing pinstripes um in 1967 um the Yankees lost 90 games 1990 they lost 95 games which is actually um the most losses the Yankees have ever lost um you know, besides the two one hundred lost teams, um, which was obviously way back in nineteen twelve, and nineteen ninety one, the Yankees lost ninety one games. Ironically enough, with the year ninety one and ninety one, um, and then after nineteen twenty, from nineteen twenty 1920 to nineteen twenty three, the Yankees just they kind of got better and better and better, and then they achieved the finally achieved winning a World Series in 1923. Babe Ruth was the World Series, um, or Babe Ruth was the MVP anyway. Um, I'm not sure if they even had a World Series MVP. If they did, it probably would have been Ruth. Um, but regardless, once they reached the World Series, after that, I think the Yankees kind of had an older team. So they, 24, I believe, I believe Babe Ruth was actually suspended or injured um, for a couple of incidents that had happened. And, you know, Babe Ruth was notoriously a heavy drinker. And he, I guess he had a very big temper. Actually, he was actually the very first captain of the Yankees, but he was only captain for five days, which I believe I've said this in a previous episode. I think it might have been in the top five captains episode, which is um uh, a way back but regardless uh Babe Ruth he was the first captain of the Yankees he was captain for like 5 days um in 1925 actually and I think this was around the time when he got suspended and actually in 1925 they lost 85 games so um and that was the only year um that they had a losing record in the 1920s and even more that was the only year that the Yankees had a losing record until 1965 so the Yankees went 40 years Without another losing record um, and they lost the exact same amount of games in 1965 um, of course 1965 was when a lot, a lot of the guys the Yankees had like Yogi Berra um, you know he had already been retired he was a manager in 64 I think he had moved on they had fired him I think after 64 or maybe he became a coach um, I'm not exactly sure about that but you know from 65 and then uh, 66 and 67 the Yankees Had three straight uh, losing seasons Um, and, you know, they really did not play well after that. And of course, there were also there was also some ownership issues back then, too, because that's when that that was, of course, before um, George Steinbrenner bought the team. You know, Jacob Rupert, he had owned the team for a very long time. Um, Not sure the exact year, but it was from around the 19 teens until uh, nineteen forty or so, and that's when he sold the team to I think it was, uh, Larry McPhail and a, a couple other guys as well. Um, they owned the team until, uh, um, I believe they owned the team until, I'm not sure exactly when they owned it, but probably nineteen fifties or sixties. And the group that had it was uh or the main guy was Michael Burke, who really didn't do a whole lot for for the Yankees. He didn't spend money for the Yankees. It was not like a Jacob Rupert and the Yankees were they were kind of back to really they were really not doing very well at all. And actually this was, at this during this time, even though it wasn't as long of a drought as um, you know, from when the Yankees the a lot of the droughts the Yankees have had in recent history, like from nineteen eighty one until well 1982, well, I guess 1981, 1981 they won the World Series, or they lost the World Series, but they made it to the World Series. hadn't. they didn't get to another World Series until 96, of course. But that World Series drought was uh, was longer than the 65 to, 75, 65 to 76 um, drought, you know, because 64, they were in the World Series, they lost. Um, and, you know, they all lost by one game, they lost in Game 7, though. So, but regardless, though, um, you know they lost and it wasn't in as much time, however, the amount of time that they lost that it seems like they had a lot more losing seasons and a lot more bad seasons during that time, and also things just were going well um you know uh they when even when George Steinbrenner bought the team they no one really knew exactly um who George Steinbrenner was, and they I guess George Steinbrenner was actually from Cleveland, Ohio and uh, you know, he wasn't a guy that um uh, they, they just didn't really know who he was. They were like, who's this George Steinbrenner? And, you know, of course, little by little, George Steinbrenner, of course, made a name for himself. And obviously, being as competitive as he was, he, he wanted to spend money as much as he could. And, you know, God bless him, because if it wasn't for George Steinbrenner, he probably, the Yankees, who knows if the Yankees would even be, they might not even have 27 World Series, because I think at the time, I I think at the time I don't know how many they had before seventy seven, but I would imagine it was like twenty World Series, and which is still a whole lot, um, a whole lot more than a lot of other teams. But you know, uh, if they were if they if he hadn't started spending more money, and putting a lot more time into the team and and you know not only time but he was he was like it was like his like if you watched the um the. the Bronx is Burning which was an ESPN series back in like the 2000s um you can I think you can uh on Amazon you can there's a there's you can get the DVDs or you might be able to get it on Netflix or Hulu or something uh regardless um you know it's a great series it shows you the um the passion of George Steinbrenner I think it was Oliver Pratt who played him and George Steinbrenner he he was he he really he he like you could see uh, like he really had a lot of passion. He, he gave his heart to the to the team as far as every like the front office moves and stuff like that. You know, so um, moving on. I I mean, um, I don't mean to keep talking about George Steinbrenner, but you know, George Steinbrenner was a big reason why the Yankees got out of that run, that that you know that kind of that losing cycle in the '60s and early '70s until like '75 '76, and of course they you know they were kind of on the climb a little bit they kind of had drafted some good players like a Thurman Munson um was drafted by the Yankees and I think that was like 69 or 68 or so um maybe it was a little before but it it was in the late 60s and uh Bobby Mercer so kind of like in the 90s with guys like Jeter and Pettit and it always starts with the young guys too uh so moving on. So like I said, 1925 to 65, 25, they had lost 85 games and lose another 85 games until 1965. And actually one stat that I did find was the Yankees had 680 lost seasons or more from 1965 to 1973, which actually I believe is, is more than with when the Yankees were from 1982 to 19 ninety six not making the World Series in the eighties, they really didn't have that many bad teams. they just didn't have a whole lot of luck because you know in eighty five I think they lost by a game out of first place, obviously they didn't have the wild card back then, so they didn't really have that um but I mean still they a loss is a loss, and the, you know when when you're the Yankees, you're expected to win, especially with George Steinbrenner, and you know that's actually a good thing um Because it it puts pressure on the players, players to perform, and these players are being being paid a lot of money. And obviously, back then they weren't being being paid quite as much as they are now, uh, nowhere near as much. But um, you know, I I I think it's actually a good thing because failure is what um, failure is how you learn. And even just in the short term, like with with uh baseball, football, basketball, any competition, any sport, you know, y- you want your team, you want your team to win, but if they lose you, um you need to try to find a way to kind of like what Mariano Rivera how he was whenever he went in a game and he would um if like most of the time, you expect Mariano Rivera to be lights out, and that's kind of what he was. Um, but Mariano Rivera was one of a kind. <laughs> um, however, whenever he um had a really bad game and he blew the save and he and he lost, he always was the first guy at the locker. Um, or you know he was he stood up right at his locker and he just answered the questions. He was honest and he, it was like he didn't um. I mean I guess it was kind of like he had a very such a relaxed way about him but it wasn't really relaxed because he didn't care it was because he did care but he knew that that, that uh that failure that that um that he, when he blew the save that that would help him bounce back and be stronger for the next few games and that's that's what losing does <laughs> cuz uh, and you know it just makes the winning sweeter Um, and moving on. So nine years after 1973 and 1982, of course, this is, like I said, that that was another drought after the Yankees won two World Series in a row in 77 and 78. Um, And 79, of course, that was kind of a tough year with Thurman Munson. I think they ended up finishing in like third or fourth place or something like that. Um, And 81, of course, they went to the World Series, but they came up a little short. So after 1982, the Yankees they um lost 83 games um and they lost 81 games in 1989 those were the two years that they had losing seasons in the 80s um the other years they 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 had winning seasons which you know wasn't quite as bad as the 1965 to 75 stretch um then uh, of course 1990 they had one of the worst teams that they've had since really 1912 um and actually uh, they followed that up, nineteen ninety one with ninety one losses. However, at the same time, though, they were kind of dra- They were starting to draft a lot better, and um, kind of a and, a and on the reverse end of George Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner was so passionate that he kind of let him he got himself into to a lot of trouble. Of course, especially I'm talking about with like the whole Dave Winfield scenario, and how he just kind of uh, he he was kind of like trying to get Dave Winfield off the team because he really he felt so strongly that Dave Winfield was just um that just i, I don't know if he felt like he was trying to I mean cuz I I was really young and I don't really remember that time but I would imagine it seemed like he was kind of kind of thinking that maybe Dave Winfield was trying to not play well or something. I don't know. I guess maybe he thought he was lazy or something. And Dave Winfield wasn't exactly putting up bad numbers. If you go back and look at some of the numbers that Dave Winfield had with the Yankees, he had some very good numbers. But I, you know, George Steinberger had very high expectations and he, and he gave Winfield a big contract at the time. And I think it was like a one $1 million a year, which obviously is a lot of money. But for baseball at the time that was a lot of money even back then and obviously compared to now it's not as much but still um when you're going to pay a guy like that um you want him to perform however you know Steinbrenner was so competitive that he let that competitive streak kind of go a little too far and at the same time because of that because Steinbrenner was always pushing he was firing managers left and right because things just weren't going you know they just weren't going that well for the Yankees. You know, and a lot of times, sometimes they kind of like in the two thousands, um, with Joe Torre, um, as the manager, um, from two thousand to two thousand seven, and um, when the Yankees were really started, they didn't they started losing a lot more bigger games because they had won so many big games from nineteen ninety six to uh two thousand and one. Yeah, really two thousand and one, even though they didn't win the last game obviously but they still had a great world series that year regardless um you can't always win the the big one even and and they had so many big wins um that it was so expected that they were just going to they were just going to find a way to get the the next world series and they eventually did obviously with without Torre, unfortunately so what i'm trying to say is uh from 2000 2002, I guess, or 2001, really to 2007. You know, things were not quite as easy, and it's not always going to be easy. And you know, you're not always going to have the big hit. You're not not always going to have all these little things go right for you all the time. And sometimes, if you're so competitive, you're not always going to see that. But you know, baseball is a game of failure, just like life. And other sports and actually that's a big part of how the Yankees were so consistent because they were able to like from 19 if you think about it from like 1925 to 1965 like I said they only had uh, really two losing seasons in 1925 and 1965 40 years in between they were very very consistent um, and they only had really two managers Joe McCarthy and washley well, three Joe McCarthy Ralph Hook and I think they might have had one other. I think Bucky Harris might have been a manager, but he was like, he was like a manager for like, I don't even know if he was there for for a, for a full season. Um, but anyways, you know, so they they really only had two managers who were there for like over ten years. Ralph Hook was there for quite a few years. I don't know if it was ten years, but quite a few years until nineteen sixty five uh so so during that time they had a lot of consistency um this was those two managers Casey Stengel and Joe McCarthy two of the greatest managers in Yankees history and in baseball history really um and you know they 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 really prided themselves on how they played and and just um you know they they just prided themselves on being Yankees cuz that's where really the time, That was really the time where the Yankees really started priding themselves on winning and, and winning championships. And, and in a lot of ways, that's just, that kind of happens when your team is winning, kind of like the Red Sox have been. And, you know, they pride themselves on winning too. Just like back, I'm sure, in like 1912 to 1918 or 1920 or whatever, when they won, I think they won like five World Series. Or I, I think it was from like 1900 to 1919 where they won five World Series I'm not sure exactly but um you kind of get the point there regardless though you know better days are ahead for the Yankees um obviously the Yankees have they they still had a very good season this year um not to their standards um you know because to their standards they they definitely should have had a better year there because they were they were much more capable um they had a lot of players underperform um and there were some obviously mistakes with the roster and as far as Aaron Boone goes i mean i think Aaron Boone is definitely not a joe girardi or i i mean it's i think i think you kind of had to see kind of see this coming a little bit because Aaron Boone like he had no managerial experience when the yankees hired him and one thing i i, I was i was shocked when the, when the yankees got rid of joe girardi um and i i really liked joe girardi i kind of i wish they had kept joe girardi um, back in 2017 and they didn't let him go however they did and that's just the way it is um, however you know I do agree with a lot of the things that people why people are getting on Boone so much about some of the moves he made and you know with the bullpen and and some of it is is I think just because um, you, you know it's uh, it's always part of baseball you know you're going to question the manager and their de- the decisions they're going to make. And I think managers understand that. Um Joe Torre, I believe, used to talk about that a lot, you know, cause, because the manager is just the manager. The players are the guys that play on the field. Um, however, you know, they do play a part in the game, and uh, and especially with the bullpen nowadays, too, and how they're used. Um, so, like I said, you know, the, things are going to turn, and better days are ahead for the Yanks. Um, uh, but uh, moving moving on, um, so so the worst team really in Yankee history was probably the 1908 Yankees. Some stats I just had to uh, share with you. That year in 1908, the New York Yankees, or otherwise known as the New York Highlanders, they had um they had only scored 460 runs as a team. They had allowed 713 runs, and um, they were also 39 and a half games back. So every pitcher on the Yankees pitching staff had an earned run average worse than league average. Um, and actually, one of their highlights that year was getting a no-hit by Cy Young, of course, on June 30th of 1908. And actually, in that month of June in 1908, the Yankees were 7-21. and They only won seven games that month. Um, uh, then in 1908... And then in July of 1908, they went six and 24. So they only won 13 games in two months. Um, um, uh. And actually, the Yankees were without one of their leaders, uh, first baseman Hal Chase, who eventually I think was a player manager. Um, but that year, their managers were Clark Griffith to start the year and Kid Elberfeld, um, who was a, a, a another player manager. I don't, I believe Clark Griffith was was actually a Pitcher, and I think he had retired the year before, or something like that. Uh, But um, uh, Kid Elberfeld, when he took over, the neither one did very well. Um, Kid Elberfeld won more games. He was twenty-seven and seventy-one, and Griffith was twenty-four and uh, twenty-four and thirty-two, and actually they both had a tie in there too. Because obviously, well, no, uh, Clark Griffith had a tie, but obviously things back then were different and actually I don't even think there were lights some that might have, might have had something to do with the tie so anyways um September of 1908 Walter Johnson he shut out the Yankees in three straight games and that was in 4 days 3 games um so Walter Johnson just dominated the Yankees um Walter Johnson of course is a Hall of Fame pitcher and actually Walter Johnson that year he was 11 and 14 with a 1.65 ERA and he had uh 36 games, 30 starts, 296 innings pitched. Um you know, and he he was only he was only 20 years old Walter Johnson at that time. Um and you know, the the Yankees really they did not have a very good team at all. Actually, some of the players on the Yankees roster the only guy on their roster I believe um that was a Hall of Famer was Wee Willie Keeler, outfielder. For the Yankees, um, he, at that time though, we Willie really, Keeler was 36 years old. So with a three thirty seven on on-base percentage, he he really was not. I, I would imagine he must not have been quite the same player he that they they were used to seeing back then. Um, the guy that had the highest batting average though in 1908 for the Yankees was Charlie Hemp Hill. Um, he was 32 years old, played 132 games for the Yankees. He was an outfielder. Um, he actually had 150 hits. For the yankees that year no home runs 41 rbis uh 42 stolen bases and he walked 59 times struck out just 43 times um but he was probably their best uh offensive player the guy who had the most home runs was harry niles who was actually their second baseman yeah, um it was only four home runs um they had quite a few guys with over with over uh 14 stolen bases it looks like um so, um, of course, back then, you know, this was the dead ball era and in the dead ball era, there was not a whole lot of uh, home runs hit. It was more so just hit and run um, and, you know, being aggressive on the bases and finding ways to manufacture runs, bunting, a lot of that stuff. Um, but anyways, so that that was the definitely the worst team in Yankee history. And. Uh, just quickly, the 1912 Yankees, they, they really, um, that they, they they didn't even have a Hall of Famer, I believe, on their team. Um, the the guys they had on their team, they had Ed Sweeney at catcher, Hal Chase at first base. Um, they had Hack Simmons um, at second base, and they had Jack Martin at shortstop. They had Dell Paddock at third base, and they had Ray, Ray Hartswell, Burt Daniels, and Guy, Guy Zinn in the outfield. So not not exactly a lot of household names on that team. Um As far as their pitching staff that year in 1912, they had Russ Ford, who was actually pretty good that year. He had a 3.55 ERA in 35 starts, 30 complete games. Of course, back then, everyone really kind of pitched a p- complete game, um, you know, because there really was no bullpen. But he lost 21 games, though. Um, of course, the 3.55 ERA in the dead ball ever is probably not that great, actually. <laughs> But um, you know, they had Jack Jack uh Warhop, that he was ten and ten with a two eight six ERA, uh, Ray Hodwell with a four four seven ERA, George McConnell with a two seven five ERA and twenty starts, um, but he was six and twelve for the Yankees. And of course, you know, this was back in nineteen twelve, so things were a lot different being in that was the dead ball era. Um and actually that year the that year the Yankees they were fifty and a hundred and two. Um, like I had mentioned before, last place. Um, they were actually in second to last in attendance. Um and actually they were playing in both Hilltop Park and the Polo grounds, which is where they ended up playing, I th- think it was a few years after that, um, because uh, um, they eventually did away with Hilltop Park. There was a lot of problems with it and the first owners who bought the who had the Yankees um they really did not put any money into the team after they originally bought it um and like I said it was an all wood park so it really wasn't the best uh it really wasn't wasn't the most well-made park in the world so in all you know the Yankees have had a lot of very very good teams they won 27 world series of course as as everyone knows Um, but like I said, there's always ups and downs for any team, including teams that have had so much success, like the Yankees, the Lakers, the Dodgers, um, obviously the Dodgers have had a lot more success of late, but, you know, even then, you know, they lost to the Braves in this, in the NLCS and the Braves had a very, very, very good year. But anyways, I believe the Braves were the most balanced team in baseball. And like I said before, losing makes... The winning that much better. So if you just look at some of the droughts I was talking about before, like you got the 1982 to 1995 drought where the Yankees didn't even make the playoffs, uh, and they didn't win the World Series from '81 to '96. That, that they hadn't even been to a World Series again. Of course, we're in the, in the midst of another World Series drought, but we're not in the midst of a of a uh, of like a real drought as far as the Yankees just playing horrible. Um, You know, I wouldn't say the Yankees played horrible this year, but they definitely didn't play up to their expectations. And in a lot of ways, because they didn't play up to their expectations, you can say that they did play, you know, they played bad. Um, And they really kind of did because they, they, a lot of the guys that like Gileber Torres, Gary Sanchez, a lot of those guys, they just didn't play as well as they should have. And I'm sure they all know it. Um, you know, of course, Gleyber Torres, once Aaron Boone decided to move him to second base, which was a very good move, of course, because um, in some ways, you kind of had to wonder why they didn't do it earlier. But I'm sure they have their reasons. I, I don't I don't know. But uh, regardless, though, um, I, I believe that the Yankees you know, there's there's definitely better days ahead for the Yankees. I would not give up on them at all. So the Yankees have had a lot of a lot of great moments in their history, but you know, like I said, with with winning there's always gonna be losing and that just makes the winning that much better. So anyways, thank you again for listening, everybody. I appreciate all of you for listening and subscribing. And feel free to share this podcast with your friends. And also, we're on Facebook at The Historic Pinstripes Show. We're on Instagram at Historic Pinstripes, where sometimes I do some hist- um, some Instagram lives. Um, I usually go through some baseball cards and just talk about them and discuss some of the history of baseball. You can feel free to ask me some questions about the Yankees and stuff like that. So that's at Historic Pinstripes on Instagram and at Historic HistoricNYY on Twitter. But before I go, I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Psych Your Crime, Free Your Geek, Real Talk with Sensei Nick, movie theater, time machine, and a bunch of other podcasts, dreamers. You can feel free to go to www.4041media.com for more information. Um, And again, thank you for listening very, very much. Feel free to keep your notifications on for more um, podcasts coming out in the near future. And uh, we're on uh, whatever podcast platform you prefer. Again, thank you all for listening, everybody. And as always, go Yankees!